1: NY or text hope NY in New York.
0: Welcome into the KSR football podcast. That was an awesome intro by our good friend Stephen Peake, who's just working wonders uh, for us. Uh, Everybody here is in a wonderful mood because we're brought to you by our good friends at Justice Dental. Drew, can you can you tell us a little bit more about our, our, our pals, Doc Thompson and Dr.
2: Justice? Well, first of all, I'll tell you I miss them because I haven't been in like a month. I need to get over there and get things uh, straightened out. But uh, if you're considering just a cleaning or even Invisalign like I got, get them all straight. Go to Justice Dental because they'll take care of you in a nice, comfortable environment. And they like the cats. I,
0: I like to say it's your one-stop shop for all your dental needs. So go over there, whether it's Root Canal or uh, Cavity or, like you said, Invisalign, like you're getting ready for uh, a big wedding. Justice Dental has you covered. Visit them at justicedental.com today. Man, what a freaking win. That was awesome. That was awesome. Ugly win, beautiful win. like it's something about that place in Missouri, it creates chaos in Como.
3: Uh, had the feel of a Big Ten nooner, and that's what kind of played out. Uh, kind of an ugly football game. Played in the mud, but that sometimes that's when Kentucky's at their best, is kind of playing a game like that. I just think you got to give Kentucky a lot of credit for just kind of figuring it out and winning the game. It was kind of like a culture program kind of win. Kentucky's been in those games and won them under Stoops. Missouri's trying to figure out how to win those games that under wits and I think that kind of played out on Saturday. They just found a way, made a lot of mistakes, hung in there. Um, offense, defense, made, made plays. Special teams avoided a disaster with a great individual effort by Gollum Um uh, Just overall a big win and a huge swing game. I mean, there was no getting around it. They had to win Saturday, and they, they just found a way. And so um, move on, now you're on to Vanderbilt. You're muted there, Nick.
0: Oh, there we go. Now I can talk. There he is. Um, you know, I'm not used to doing this at KS Bar or KS Office, uh, the Justice Dental KS Office, I believe. So I'm a little I'm, – I'm out of my element. I'm just thrown off a little bit. So apologies. Um, I've got some fun games we're going to play today. But first, Freddie, I want to hear your – Insta- like what, what was going through your brain at four o'clock Saturday afternoon when Kentucky had escaped with another win from Columbia?
4: Well, I think uh, what was going through my mind first, I was, I was concerned about Colin Goodfellow. Um, what a courageous play by that punter, uh, especially sometimes get made fun of. We like to make fun of Max, but that was a physical football play from, from Colin and he gave it all and, and that needs to be appreciated. But I tend to agree with Adam. I mean, it was a culture win. Uh, two really good defenses trading punches. And I, in Kentucky, fortunately, offensively, had one more punch than Missouri in the fourth quarter to win. Um, I just see how demoralized I was last week at the performance at Tennessee. And then look at the stats here. Missouri, much like Kentucky was a week ago, 15% on third down, I think that's your ball game. And uh, I think we saw the the Trevon Wallace that we've heard of and, and expected to, to see him play. But you know, then, then the young guys on offense, tw- a freshman caught 12 of Levis' 13 passes. That's gotta be a good sign. And I'm also convinced that some of the play calling issues that we've taken uh, issue with, I hate to use that word twice, I think a lot of that goes to the effect of how bad Will Levis is beat up and hurt. You take the quarterback run away from Levis, it, it, it makes him different. Uh, last year, when the thing was rolling, he was running all over the place, and now you don't have that effect. Defenses can start loading the box because you're not in the RPO game. You're not going to run. You're going to give. So those are some things that Kentucky's figuring out. But it was fun to see. Uh, Dane Key and Barry young Brown come back into the you know back into the limelight and catch a few passes and, and Dane get a couple touchdowns. So overall, Nick, I was pleased. Uh, it was torturous, it was torture watching that because my nerves were all over the place. And Adam, I, I heard you say earlier that you liked Como, and wow, okay, uh, we need to vi- invite you to Versailles now. you <laughs> think- yeah, you'd love this
3: place. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I will say, surprisingly, I enjoyed my my weekend there in Columbia. Yeah,
4: yeah. But Nick, overall, just just pleased with the win. Any a win is a win, especially on the road in the SEC East.
0: I um, I, I want to go on a brief soliloquy for a moment here because you mentioned all. Define the...
4: soliloquy, please.
0: <laughs> it's it's you know kind of just a, a long. They use, it use it in a, a sentence, line. please. Uh, the actor had a long soliloquy in the play. It's usually like they set aside, so like I'm kind of going on my own and doing my thing. But I just – every time something bad happens for Kentucky, Kentucky fans act like they're the only college football friends or the only college football fans in America that have ever had anything bad happen to them ever, ever again. Folks, just look look at Missouri, right? Like everybody's snake bit to a degree, and Missouri is snake bit by the Wildcats. You go back to 2017 when Josh Allen just so happened to get into the way of that that ball late in the final minute of the game. Eats up some seconds. Kentucky escapes with a win. Uh, the next year, you have to have a win, vote, and punt return touchdown with five minutes to go. A bunch of other crazy stuff happened. An Amad Wagner pass interference where he catches on the back of the end zone and then an untimed down touchdown to win that game and set up an SEC's championship game with Georgia. You fast forward a few years later and – I mean, Kentucky had a – they had a fumble overturned by Chris Rodriguez inside the red zone. They had a touchdown uh, taken back by a penalty. They had a targeting overturned by review. And then they had a punt sky over somebody's head, and yet he kicks it away at the two-yard line, gets tackled, and it's roughing the punter. Kentucky's able to run away with the game. The ball bounces UK's way in this series. And if you ever remember what it felt like against Tennessee and Florida all those years, where all of the dumb things would not go in UK's way, they're going UK's way in this series. Out of the last nine meetings, only one of them has been determined by 10 points or more. This is a close, tight 50-50 games, and Kentucky's just winning all of them. And it feels oh so good. You Never apologize for winning. Uh, sorry, Missouri. Deal with it, Darkwitz, You loser.
3: Yeah, the Knicks point. Kentucky's five and zero in one possession games in this series since Missouri joined the SEC. And so, yeah, uh, when it's <laughs> close, <laughs> it's gone like Kentucky's way in, in, in this matchup. And some of it's just dumb. What? And you know
0: what? The football gods—they're blessing us. So you know what? We've done. We've been through a lot, Drew, and finally we're getting a little bit of karma to go our way. And it's 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 working at the time when Kentucky needed it because. I can't imagine talking about a lot. Like, what would have happened if that would have been a loss with all those special teams' mistakes? It would have been a brutal six weeks.
2: Oh, it would have been ugly. And I thought this one had a lot of similarities to the 2018 game when C.J. Conrad caught the pass. And that one, Kentucky's offense kind of – well, certainly in that one, back against the wall, needed a big drive. Uh, Kentucky did that on its second-to-last drive this time after looking kind of flat for a while. Defense completely just shutting Missouri down on third down, like two for 13. And then there was the stat years ago, the Conrad game, where they had like 13 straight three and outs. And then, you know, flags. We had to rely on those a little bit. Some close calls that I think Missouri fans uh, have now twice in three home games in this rivalry have gone home a little upset at the officiating. So I thought it was neat those similarities in those two games and how as you're saying, we've been very lucky against uh, Missouri. Any any bad breaks Kentucky gets in this head-to-head in the future, I probably won't complain too much. It's been a good run.
3: It's almost like the bad Tennessee juju has just shifted over the other side in this Kentucky-Missouri series. So Kentucky is get it gets the gets the right bounces it seems all the time where they don't get the wrong bounces um, over the last ten years in that Tennessee series. Uh, but you know what? Uh, the Cats own Como. It's a fact. It's a fact, Jack.
0: They've actually won more than they've lost there now, which you can't say um, much better. Like, that. that's – I'll take that all day. Freddie, you've been in the locker room for some exciting times in Columbia. I'm sure that place is pretty fun. Is it fair to call Missouri a rival?
4: In Missouri's eyes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely Missouri's <laughs> eyes. Especially after watching Drinkwood's um, post-game press conference. You know, uh, he, he spent, I don't know, six minutes on the punt uh, that was blocked, which was roughing the punter, instead of focusing on the 15% on third down.
0: Uh, or maybe the punt where his guy dropped the ball and then yeah, tried to that, run yeah. for first down. Like,
4: I, I will I will give Drinkwood's credit for this. That Missouri defense is legitimate. That That is a legitimate top 15 defense in the country. And they're active, uh, what, six quarterback sacks, 12 tackles for loss, a lot of havoc over there. I, I read somewhere where, what's his name, Baker, Adam, the defensive yes. coordinator, wants to create havoc on 25% of snaps. You know, that that's a lot of havoc that that Missouri dealt Kentucky. So I think it was a fortunate win for Kentucky, and I, I think, you know, we're going to hear probably at the end of the season just how beat up Will Levis is, and his legend's only going to grow further once we understand all of his health issues that he's fought through. Because he's just not himself. Uh, Even what he is now is really good. But you take that run out and his mobility, it changes a lot of things on that offense. So, just it was a gritty performance by Will. Uh, We've been doing this for a few minutes now. We've not talked about Rodriguez. 29 carries, 112 yards. Uh, That's tough sledding in there. I mean, I, I counted... Adam, I counted multiple times. Missouri had eight, nine players in the box, and you can't block the eight, ninth the defender and a lot of runs, and, and Chris was still getting yards and getting positive traction there. Uh, so he played a heck of a football game, and it was a culture win, 100%. Strong defense and hit a few big plays, and, and Kentucky left there with a win. In the game, again, they had to win, right? I mean, you come back five and four, that's, that's getting wobbly uh, pretty quick. So – it's a good uh, a Colin Goodfellow. Hopefully he'll never have to buy a drink in the city of Lexington again because he could have mm-hmm. he could have saved the season on that one play. Uh,
0: Scott brings up a good point over on the chat on the KSR YouTube channel. If you are subscribed, what are you doing? Come on, get on over there. Um But the squib mm-hmm. kicks.
4: Oh Missouri
0: oh. was they were squibbing it to Barry on Brown. Like that was the well, can we just take time to appreciate, this is the most bizarre special teams game, maybe in the history of special teams, and I don't know which special teams' errors were the most egregious. What, what, do you th- what was the craziest one for you, Freddie?
4: <laughs> well, uh, the punt that Missouri had, that, that was kind of odd. And then the squib kicks that were going out, out of bounds, bounds or at the four forty. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand what in the world. I mean, on Brown has had one, for a, uh, one return for a touchdown. So had Luther Burton. But Kentucky didn't totally change the way it approached kicking the football or punting the football because of one player. So that was rather odd. Uh, so drink, drink what's holds. You know, offense is his thing, but that defense is really good. But that special teams and offense, I, I, I to this day. To this moment, rather, I don't know what Missouri was trying to do offensively. Uh, I couldn't really figure out a rhyme or reason for what they were doing, and, and that Kentucky defense proved it. You know what? Second, in the SEC uh, in total defense right now—it's it's a very good squad. That they're a very good unit that Brad White's put together.
3: Yeah, it's um, Missouri's kind of wasted a year here. They get Arkansas and Auburn out of the West; those are two winnable games. They've got this defense that is just lights out. That Freddy's point, too. I mean, there's pros at each level of that defense, and a lot of them are going to be gone after this year. And they haven't been able to win close games, and now they're looking at a five and seven season. Um, so I think it it speaks to you just in the sport, you just got to find a way to win close games. If you don't, you can have seasons like this where it's real disappointing. And for on Kentucky's stat, side, you know, Levis is injured, obviously playing limited football. Offensive line issues, we've talked about ad nauseum. They just kind of found a way here Saturday. Um, I'm not saying the offense was perfect or anything, but they scored 21 points, and Missouri was, you know, giving up not very many points, and Kentucky was only scoring 17 points per game against Power 5 foes. So that was a good, all things considered, you didn't turn the ball over, scored 21 points, won the field position battle. For the most part, you put your defense in good situations. So, from the offensive side, I think, you know, they didn't finish drives like you wanted to them, mainly because two missed field goals. But overall, I think they did a good job of allowing the team to win, and I think that was progress from that side of the football after a really disappointing performance against Tennessee.
0: That was the most touchdowns Missouri has given up, aside from that Kansas State game, to uh, an opponent all year uh, in three. They've been shutting teams down, so – a good performance by of the offense. Um, I still don't know why there were 12 people on the field for a field goal block. Drew, how do you yeah. you 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 call field goal block and the, the eleven guys run out there? I know people get hurt, you change up. You have the same field goal block team all week. What's the next guy doing out there? That's three points that they just gave Missouri. That kicker don't miss. He missed. You got lucky. <laughs> oh, but no, you you didn't because you had somebody running onto the field. that should have been on the field. Nope.
2: Yeah, I fell for whatever um, little narrative we had going about how Kentucky doesn't need a special teams coach. I, I was probably one of the last ones hanging on but just the organizational, simple elementary stuff they're messing up right now has flipped me. Somebody's got to get control of what they're doing there. How do you, like you said, 12 men on the field for a field goal, and then you get the, the kick you wanted, and he gets to try it again. There's just been too many, It's and it's not one thing. It's not like you know the collective coaching they're getting can't handle one aspect. It's everything. So I, I went from – Kentucky's fine without a coach to now I think they need four or five. I think you might even want to consider firing coordinators at this point to add more special teams coaches. It's gotten so bad. Maybe half the staff should be a special teams coach moving forward.
0: I I just between that and then you got different holders and snappers and uh, it's also losing yards on return game, right? Like you got a block in the back on the punt. uh, You got a block in the back on a kickoff return. Like those, those little things add up and, Freddie, the one thing that I, I really – like I, I don't know if Stoops just doesn't want to throw guys under the bus, but the one thing that's very uncharacteristic of this team and of Stoops' teams in general is that this is just a sloppy football team. They're very undisciplined. Uh, you had back-to-back offsides that turned third and 20 for Missouri to third and 10. You had two third down false sta- starts by Jeremy Flax that made third and manageable go to third and 10 and third and 11. Like, I don't know how – I don't know how a team that's – a group that's typically disciplined can be as undisciplined as this one is. And that's really – like, that's my only gripe for this team. Like, I know injuries happen. I know the offensive line isn't great. But if you just play cleaner football, like, you're winning at all Miss. Like, you're, you're a much, much different team. And this one you're probably running away with.
4: Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> the hidden yardage and hidden points in special teams. First, let's address that. That's a nine-point swing there for Kentucky. Uh, you take away the two missed field goals and the penalty there, and then the hidden yardage, uh, two more penalties on, on return. So yeah, the penalties on special teams, the penalties added up. Stoops is 10 and 0 when his, when his teams have 10 penalties or more, which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, this, this team is a little bit uncharacteristic. It's a little, it's a little loose. Uh, easy to say that, it's, you know, there's some there's some lapses there, and that is uncharacteristic of a Mark Stoops team. Um, and it's on both sides of the ball. But the majority of it is on offense. The two the two uh, offsides there, I mean, you, you had the guys on the edge just wanting to get one, you know. Uh, third and 20, third and 15, you just want one. And uh, Kentucky did have two sacks in the game, which is a, a higher average than normal. And Man, nine I tackles wanted Drew Phillips. Phillips to get that one, too. Yeah, nine, nine tackles for loss, so back. Brad White did produce some havoc in this game. And, and Speaking of Andrew Phillips, I thought he played really well. Uh, this was his best game, I think, as a Wildcat. You're down Jaquez Jones and DeAndre Square, and I'm not so sure that Derek Jackson and Trevon Wallace didn't play better than those two ever had. And that's saying a lot, because those are two All-ICC players, right? Two future pros. So. Uh, the linebackers really stepped up for Kentucky and there's so many DBs that, that play and get in the action and they're aggressive. Uh, but yeah, the sloppiness, Nick, I, I would agree with that. And I'm sure Mark Stoops was, would too that that's that's got you know that's got to get cleaned up. heck, we've got three games to go. So <laughs> right now you are who you are. and uh, yeah you know, this season is this season. It is, you, know, you can't really compare it to any others. Uh, because you got new coordinator, new players, new everything. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 been sloppy, to say the least.
3: You never want any false starts, but when you're having the issues this offensive line is having, you, you really cannot afford to have false starts. I mean, this is two weeks in a row with Jeremy Flax where he turns a third and medium into a third and long, right? Last yeah. week it cost him a touchdown, a middle eight touchdown before they have at Tennessee. This week he gets bailed out because Will, Will Levis makes a great throw on third down. Uh, and Dane Key makes a great individual effort to finish in the end zone. But, like, that stuff cannot happen, you know. It mm-hmm. just can't. You're working hard to not to get in the third medium a lot in this game against Missouri, and you can't. You just can't give the, a pass rush like this, you know, a, a total pin your ears back and go, um, especially when you've got to get, you know, long distance, 11 yards. That just can't happen, and that's just been yeah. frustrating. I mean uh, – Individual guys are going to get beat or whatnot, but there's really no excuse for these false starts. Like, well, you know, the you can't stars- jump off sides. Like, just hold your ground and do that. You should at least be able to do that. I, I also would think that, I don't know,
0: nine games into a season, you could block a twist, like a four man twist. It's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's something you would see often. But as you said, yeah, I guess you just got to get used to what you're doing. I was just um, – I'm not going to lie. I was just very – I was very upset with Jeremy Flax. I'll bite my tongue for the most part because you're supposed to be nice. But, my goodness, I, every time he runs out to, like, block on a screen or pull, it's just like you're just getting in the dude's way. You just block – hit somebody, just not your own teammate. It was very frustrating watching 77. But Tyler did ask a very important question, Freddie. Did you have Long John Silvers or Kroger uh, chicken wings?
4: It will be Kroger chicken wings.
0: Good call. Good call. Um, uh, We got another question that's actually a little bit more related to the football um, that Will asked earlier. We got three games left, right? Done with road trips. Uh, Luck it uh, turned it up in Como. Had a great time out at Harpo's. I'm sure they didn't ask you to leave though, did they? You got to no. Okay.
3: Shakespeare Pizza. That place is awesome. A plus, man. (laughs) It's 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 great. Great TV setup too. Yeah, outstanding. Just loved everything about that place.
0: Yeah, um, so glad you enjoyed your time in Como. But Kentucky's at home, three games out. They're seventeen point favorite against Vanderbilt this weekend. Uh, Georgia three thirty CBS treatment, and then Louisville comes to town. So what's it going to be? Three and oh, 2 and one, one and two. I, I could already tell you my prediction for this game. Like we. I, like we joke on 11 personnel that we can tell you what the, is going to happen before it does but i think we all know that Kentucky's just going to not do anything that satisfies the fans against Vanderbilt they'll probably be up by 20 and then end up winning by like what 11 or something like that like just enough to annoy a certain portion of our fan base but Drew i'm curious what well, how do you think the cats finish the year
2: this is not an official pick, so don't put money on it. But I'm getting big under and Vandy cover vibes this weekend. Kentucky will win, but I just I, like you. I feel like it's going to be a a boring. We're not going to get a whole lot from Kentucky's offense. Just enough to win and get out of there.
0: Cloudy, um, yeah. overcast, windy. It's, just, it's yeah. early. Very, unenthi-
2: very yeah. unenthusiastic game. I mean, I would love to pick a win against Georgia, but I watched that game Saturday and just I, – I don't have it in me. Even even when I get overly optimistic getting close to game time and make some predictions I shouldn't, I don't see that happening this week with Georgia. So, one and one, and then, of course, they're going to beat Louisville. Uh, I do worry Malik Cunningham might throw some of Kentucky's players into the wall by their face mask <laughs> and then blame them for it, but I think Kentucky's defense is just so good. We're We're so spoiled by what Brad White's done here over his – four or five years. I I don't think Van Louisville to be hang up enough points no matter what Kentucky's offense looks like in those games.
0: We we also I think we have a Malik Cunningham update too. Um I think he got hurt against he he broke his left hand against JN Real. Lill. Uh that that's the that's what somebody on twenty four seven uh said. Michael McCammon. I've never heard of that guy. Yeah, but, I think
3: he is one. he's one of the reporters, I think.
0: But we could be dealing with a Brock Doman, Kyle Bolin situation. I'm more worried about that. I want – give me Cunningham because Kentucky will do what they made Anthony Richardson do, and that's throw the football and not run it. Um, can I just say, scare money – I, I all of you Kentucky fans who are scared of Louisville, I'm disgusted. What's wrong with you? They don't play real football on that conference. Oh, they beat JMU. Ooh. Louisville's going to blitz a lot, but do you really think that they're – offense could score against this Kentucky defense?
2: No. W- Will no. Levis has been dunking on them since he got here, even in the offseason with his pool pictures. And he's, I mean, that man, even though we've only got him two years, he was he was made to beat Louisville. And I think he's due for another big one against them this year.
0: I would like to see how he could play against them left-handed. Just, it, you know. He who, might who be able to, to
2: try it in the second half. We'll see.
0: I just, it, I know that, look, they do blitz a lot. Kentucky struggles with that. Uh, but, Kentucky is a much better team than Louisville is right now.
3: Yeah, we have to – we'll know a lot more about Louisville. I mean, they've got two tough games here. And, like, you're, you're thinking, you know, Kentucky's defense, maybe dominate the game. We'll learn – because Clemson and NC State both have good defenses. So, we'll learn what we need to – like, we'll I, we'll learn a lot, I think, about that matchup. I'll know a lot more two weeks from now. This day, two I mean, weeks. I feel like I have a lot better grasp of that, but – yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's probably you just don't can't have, what can Kentucky do against a blitz heavy team? They had some success against Missouri, but Levis took a lot of hits, a lot of sacks. Whenever they got in obvious passing downs, they were kind of toast, right? But when they were able to play ahead of the chains, they did some good things, specifically throwing the football on first down. And so it's just going to be one of those games. Where just going to have to figure out a way to win it. Out of there's no winning pretty with this team. They're going to have to win. Oh no, no! And so it's just figuring out a way to. Get there after sixty minutes with more points on the scoreboard than the other team.
0: I, I just I get so upset, Freddie, that people can get they, their confidence can waver so quickly. And I know that it hasn't been a pretty season for Kentucky. But just because the Louisville won a couple games in the ACC doesn't mean they're a good football team.
4: Yeah, I think I think that conference. Uh, you know, seeing Clemson against Notre Dame that that was uh, that was kind of eye opening and but i think it's normal for kentucky fans this time of the year the closer the governor's cup comes around leading up to it people get nervous because it's such a big deal and then about wednesday thursday it'll switch back to we're going to kick your butt you know and (laughs) it seems just like that every year you know me i mean that's how i am i'm not talking about anybody else you know right now i'm scared to death of louisville but about thursday Mm -hmm. of, of that week i'll be you know, full of Turkey one. Yeah. <laughs> and then secondly, I'll, you know, I'll start coming back to, okay, this defense is pretty good. And, uh, you know, who who's Louisville been stopping over there? I, I, I would really, uh, you know, I don't like to wager. I do every now and then, but I would wager uh, a, a month's pay that Wake Forest is not a top 10 team in America. Um, uh, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But, but, you know, what's it? I can't remember that coach's name at Louisville. Uh, Satterwhite. That's yeah.
0: what uh, Andy Bashir called him.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's had a couple, <laughs> he's had a couple uh, job saving wins, and that's good for him. So we'll see.
0: I, he, man, I do love that he's, he's, he keeps winning enough. It's not enough for people to actually show up to games, but he's winning enough for them him to stick around. So good on him. Good on him. Um, but I, I just I, I hate seeing fans waver. I'm. Uh, I do. Can we can we give it up for our friends of Georgia? Though I just it felt really good to just humble those Tennessee Volunteers. Um, man, they're big dumb idiots at Tennessee. God, can't. Stop.
4: Hey Stephen, can you put that question back up, please? Okay, the, uh, this gentleman here is is, is a coach and And he says a lot of good stuff on, on social media uh, about um, the targeting or no targeting of, of Stetson Bennett when the Tennessee defender hit him. They both lowered their head, right? so right, right. Uh, yep. I, I think I think this is a good question here. Uh-huh. Yes, I think Baron uh, Brown playing out of position at Z. I know we have Robinson in the slot, but how much slot has Brown played this year? That's a good question.
0: That is a good question. Um, I will say, for a while, we wanted Jet Sweeps to bury on Brown. He just doesn't run them well. well
3: I'll I say this. Like Kentucky, in general, is going to be a 2 tight end formation offense. So you're only playing two receivers at a time, right? And so um, you, what can get lost there is the traditional X, traditional Z slot can be because you're playing intense formations, right? And so I don't know. I don't think he's playing out of position. I think maybe – Long-term, Z might be what's best for him. But um, typically, we're just not we not seeing Kentucky getting a lot of, like, it's not – they run 11 personnel, shout-out 11 personnel podcast, but it's not – they're not running a ton of three wide receiver sets. So, it kind of just – Randy, I don't know if you agree with me, but it kind of just, like, it all gets kind of lost in the wash, I guess, a little bit with how the offense is structured.
4: Yeah, I, and I, I think, again, this goes back to Will Levis' health. I think if Will wasn't so beat up – beaten up, rather – then you would see a lot of three receiver uh, sets, right? But but now you got to protect them any way you can, and, and especially, you know, I'll go back to what I said in the preseason. This team would go as far as these tackles to take them, and Missouri got after Kentucky on the edges. I mean, th- there's no way around that, right? I mean, got got home on some twists and stunts. Yes, Kentucky's got to do a lot better job communicating and and switching and everything else that offensive linemen do, but. Kentucky got beat on the edge, and you got to bring tight ends, running backs, you got to chip, you got to do everything you can. So, just to survive and to try to score points, Kentucky's had to evolve into a heavy tight end, 12, 13 personnel offense, and that's where we are right now.
0: Um, I, while we're talking tight ends, big shout out to Jordan Dingle for being awesome. Big Jordan Dingle fan. He came up big on third down time and time again. And when you look at the box score, I think it's been edited since. um, But I don't think this has changed. 11 of the 12 receptions were by redshirt or true freshmen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dingle, three receptions, 35 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Two of those were on third down, and the other one was a touchdown. Um, And there was one – I was messaging – I don't know if it was Freddie or Luckett or one of you all, but I was really just – You you get caught up in the emotions of the game, and I was just steamed at Rich because they kept running on first down. I was like, stop running on first down. Stop it. Stop it. Especially when they were running trips. They were running a a quads, essentially, because it was three receivers and one tight end on the right side. And every time it was an inside zone with the hopes that he would get a running lane uh, to the uh, opposite side, right, the unbalanced side. They did it twice on the same drive, and then they get up to the goal line. They line up in that formation, and I say, oh, well, here it goes again, outside zone. What do they do? They fake it, and nobody's on Jordan Dingle. Touchdown. So, like, you know, sometimes I have to – there is a method to the madness, and I need to just let – I need to let the cake bake.
4: Yeah, Drew, you think Justice Dental would sponsor uh, our group techs during the games that are not on YouTube's? <laughs>
2: Uh, I can tell you no company would want to sponsor my text message during the games because it would get a lot of people in trouble. I tried yeah. to set up the Justice Dental-Justice Dingle connection. And I feel like there's Ooh. there's some meat on that NIL bone if they want to explore it. Uh, but back to what we are saying about Dingle, that, did anyone have him being this awesome before the season? I mean, there was good reports at him uh, just doing well in practice, but to jump upshaw and Cummings like he has – a lot of that being is blocking, and then Caddis too. Yeah. I mean, we we thought Kentucky Yeah was, we thought Kentucky <laughs> yeah. was, was blessed to have Keaton Upshaw. We have seen none of him this year. I can yeah, watch great. Josh
3: Caddis play football all day. I mean, yeah, I, I'm yeah. probably just going to in the summer just watch watch his tape. Just. Yeah, me
4: too. We we you know on the depth chart podcast, that's the other one. I have a guy named Andy Murray that's uh, that's on there with me a lot. Andy from Trinity. Uh, arguably the best fullback to ever play at Kentucky. I think Andy, uh, John Connor, and Terry Samuels are the three, I think, best I've ever seen do it. And I was telling Nick and Jay and Steven that Andy, uh, that Josh Caddis is Andy Murray. I mean, they're the same player. Andy was a little bit bigger, played a diff- kind of a different position, fullback, H-back, whatever. But the way those two attack when they block, that is fun to watch. Andy led the SEC in knockdown blocks as a fullback one year. That just goes to show you and I, I I agree. I mean, you know, people were telling me about Jordan Ding, Jordan Dingle, so I yeah. can't take credit for that. But there it's was, good to see was him really do that. To that. Yeah. Uh but Josh Caddis, what a surprise. I mean yeah, that came out at no the way. at the beginning of the year would would we be sitting here would we think that we'd be sitting here week ten talking about our best two tight ends are Jordan Dingle and Josh Caddis. And that's that's what we're getting right now. So A lot of fun with those young guys. We knew something
2: special was was brewing that fan day we were at where Caddis, I didn't remember the play, but he (laughs) got up and the whole team erupted around him I don't even know if it was a catch or he made a big block. Oh, but he, he mowed somebody
0: he, down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he
2: just brought so much energy to the field in his first ever anything as a true freshman on campus. You would have thought that was a senior out there showing off, picking on the young guys. And that was a rookie at his first fan day uh, bringing the hype. So we, we should have seen some of that coming, but maybe not as much as he played so far.
0: We He got his first career catch, one reception for 10 yards, but he affects the game much more in the blocking. And that's why he's playing a lot. And I think... You know, it's a testament more of them than it is an indictment on the other two. I do think a lot of the reason why you saw more Isaiah Cummings last year was the personnel that they had, right, where you could use Cummings as a glorified receiver lining up as a tight end. Now, Freddie, they got plenty of wide receivers. They don't really need a tweener kind of guy.
4: Again, going back to why you're seeing play calls and why Kentucky's offense could be like it is, because of those two tackles, you know, Kenneth Horsey playing out of position. God bless him. He's trying his best. And then the right tackle position's been spotty and consistent. Yeah. You got to go away from that. You you can't have four pass catchers on the field, you know, with fourteen, not fourteen personnel, but you, you can't use an additional pass catcher. You gotta have that tied in like a Josh Caddis in the block because of those tackles. So again, it goes back to if Will wasn't so beaten up, some of these handoffs would have been a keep, and that, that at least keeps the defense honest. Right now, Kentucky, I mean, Will is really limited on bootleg. How many bootlegs did we see Saturday? I mean, he is – he must he's be pretty – all but yeah. He, yeah, he, he's very, very limited, let me just say that. So when you take the boots out, you take the movement of the pocket out, You take the RPO out with a quarterback, can't run. That's one of his strengths. Again, you got to change a lot of stuff up. And I think that's what we're seeing with this offense, just trying to find some way to get first downs and points. And and I I don't know who said it. I I can't remember. But I agree. I mean, that's the most touchdowns scored on Missouri since Kansas State. I think Adam said that. And uh, I do have to consider – the a win overall, even though, you know, with no turnovers, which is a, a step positive, had some penalties. But against that defense in that environment, you know, 21 points isn't a lot, but it was more than Missouri, and it was enough to go to six and three.
3: Yep. Finish drives in the red zone, so three for three with 21 points. I think that was huge. Um, mm-hmm. There are things you wish you could, they could do better, right? Um, Nick mentioned first down. Like, I do can... think they could. I <laughs> like kicking. I do think they could afford maybe to pass a little bit more on first down, especially against, like, that Missouri run D was so good, right? So they were just getting in second and nine a ton. If you throw it on first down, you know, all the, five of Missouri's six sacks happened in, like, obvious passing situations, so second and long, third and long. Uh, first down is more of an advantageous situation to pass. I would like to see them maybe pass a little bit more on first down, but overall, I think it was it was an improvement from what we've seen, in my opinion. And that was the best defense they've played this season. So now they're going into a game this week against one of the worst pa- passing defenses in the Power Five, uh, just a bad defense all around, no matter how, how you shake it. Now we need to go see that – now can we see that offense go and score over 31 points for the first time this season. That's what really I'll be watching for on Saturday.
4: You know, but I, I – Drew, I, I keep going back to those two young – well, not, they're not really young. They're second-year players, Derek Jackson and uh, uh Trevor Wallace. Very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. And maybe get DeAndre <laughs> – thanks, Tyler. <laughs> I do enjoy that. Yeah, I, I do. It's like,
0: like – For his uh, for yeah. dramatic mic muting. And then we had yeah. somebody else say uh... – it looks like Freddie's on Jeopardy. Uh, yes, I'll take football for 100, Alex.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but, Drew, we only need DeAndre Square to get one tackle on Saturday, then take him out. Let, let the two young guys play. He's one away from 300. We got to get him there. Somehow, way.
2: Outside of the special teams chaos, they were my big takeaway of the game of how Kentucky just looks pretty comfortable at linebacker. I mean – what team should be able to survive losing Square and Jones in the middle of your defense? Two guys that have played a combined 30-whatever years and just not much of a drop-off at all. And I, I thought it was interesting after the game when Stoop said, I wasn't even worried about Wallace at all. I didn't even really have to think about it. I knew he was going to show up because he's that good of a player. And to just have those guys on your bench waiting their turn, uh, it was really great to see how well they played, knowing that that's, the, that's what the future will look like when Square finally decides to uh, hang it up from here.
3: It's not even just them. It's the total amount of freshmen and sophomores making plays for this defense. Will Saunders draws a huge holding call um, down there on the last possession. Jordan Lovett's been good stepping in for Jalen Geiger. Alex Afari has flashed. Deion Walker has been awesome. Uh, Keaton Wade made a play. Keaton Wade Wade made a flash and made a play early in the game. You've got Derek Jackson, Trevin Wallace, obviously who we just talked about. Andrew Phillips, Richard, sophomore. Um, is really kind of blossoming, blossoming. Excuse me. in These last two games, I think it's just recruit and develop, right? And we're kind of seeing that play out on this defense. Like the future is bright, I think, for that group. And there's a lot to believe in with them moving forward. It's and nice putting to the, say the... It, you're putting this together with all this stuff they've lost, I mean, Vito Tisdale, and then four more starters that they didn't have against Missouri. I mean, it's really impressive what Brad White's defense is doing.
4: And even more impressive, I think, Adam is. You had a change at inside linebacker coach. And still, you, you these two young linebackers are this good now. Uh, there's a lot of consistency at safety, outside linebacker, defensive line, as far as coaching. We're seeing this year the sporadic offensive line coaching last year, you know, and then having a new offensive line coach come in you know, that, that takes a toll when you don't have that consistent development. and uh, But but defensively, I, I think the linebackers playing that good is, is a testament because, uh, you know, Mike Stoops is there. Courtney Love is helping him out there. And, and they've not missed a beat. And, and you know, it, it's, it's pretty good when, when you're sitting here after a win talking about how the two backup linebackers are as good as your starting linebackers that are both super seniors. Uh, That just go that just that's just an example of how talented Kentucky is, especially with these youthful players. Deion Walker consumed a defensive line, an offensive lineman and then consumed a quarterback. I mean, that was that was a great play by him. And, And we have to give Justin Rogers some credit, too. He made some penetration there and blew up some things on the inside. I liked, I liked how he played. He played with a high motor. he and Walker both played with a high motor and that was good to see from two young uh, two, two freshmen defensive linemen. While we're shouting
2: out the defense and linebackers and individual players, I have to ask, does Jordan Wright just have some kind of magnet? Where a loose ball or anything is thrown his way, he just seems to find the ball, unlike anything we've had around here. We don't give him enough credit for how often he just seems to be where the ball is at all times. Didn't have a lot of tackles in this game, but he did have the big fumble recovery, and that's just something we've been spoiled with with him since he's been here.
3: And J.J. Weaver got so sick of his injury luck that he, or that his turnover luck, that he tried to score there at the end I thought (laughs) for sure we were headed towards bad beats Uh, Uh, that was the hardest I've seen a Kentucky player run the football (laughs) all season was J.J. Weaver with that ball
4: (laughs) Adam I on on, uh, the radio show this morning and I've tried to explain to folks maybe you can do it better how how much advantageous is it for Brad White and Kentucky when they play Kentucky plays an offense that you can have J.J. Weaver and Jordan Wright on the field at the same time if you want to talk about that please
3: yeah, I think just having them, it just that you can play chess. I think more if you're Brad White, right? Because Jordan, they're both, they both have positional kind of versatility. Like Jordan Wright, I think is a better kind of pass, better in pass coverage than he is cause he's kind of a pass rusher, right? Um, and then Weaver, I think is a really good guy that can play the weak side and set the edge. And so when you can play two guys like that at the same time, you can kind of mix it up, right? Where somebody. Somebody can rush. Somebody can drop. Somebody can one can play to the boundary. One can play to the field, um, and it just gives you, it just gives you more more options, weapons, and plus that size and that length, right, to help stop the run, fit the run. Where if you play with an extra defensive back, you don't really have necessarily that bite um, in in run defense. So having having guy, you know, especially with Kentucky, they play so much zone. You have all that length that Wright can have out out in, out in space, but also can come down in size and length and sturdiness against the run. It just allows them um, it just allows them, I think, more kind of play calling flexibility and, and just kind of defensive flexibility when you can play both of them together. And it's Kentucky's not the same defense when they don't have both of them on the field. With the
4: lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: they, they might be preparing for a couple different quarterbacks this weekend against Vanderbilt. We'll tell you about that after I tell you about our good friends from Prize Picks. November, it's the time of the crossover. It's the first official night of basketball season. Uh, there's NFL going on. That means you can get in on all of the action with our friends at Prize Picks. Use the promo code KSR. They will match 100% of your deposit up to $100 when you play for the first time, whether you sign up online on your computer or download the app. You can play in 70% of the United States, states like Kentucky where we don't have sports gambling. You can play prospects and you can have some fun with it. Like Jacob Toppin and Kaysom Wallace, I'm going to pick them over more than 12 and a half points a piece. And then Andy Dalton in the NFL game tonight, under 200, 230 yards, like lock that in. Go win yourself some money by playing prospects. Enjoy all the action. Promo code KSR to download your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. Uh, Vanderbilt comes to town this weekend at Kroger Field. It's going to be cold, a nooner, uh, 40 degrees, windy. We've, we've seen this script before, and there's quarterback uncertainty um, because they started the season with Mike Wright, a guy who kind of gave Kentucky fits last year but didn't play a lot. They end up rolling with the true freshman who Luckett likes a lot. Well, A.J. Swan, now he's hurt, so we could have more Mike Wright Saturday at Kroger Field uh, running around all over U.K., Um, that having that, the, the atmosphere, uh, in this game, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those that you have to self-motivate, um, and you also can't be rolled to sleep because especially if Wright is in there, he can, he can run around and make some crazy things happen like it.
3: Yeah. But we've seen Kentucky be really good against kind of quarterbacks that can run this year. Um, most notably Anthony Richardson. So that could kind of play in their hands. Vanderbilt, they're doing some better things on offense. They're more explosive, specifically in the passing game this year. But we've seen Kentucky defense, you know, pretty much hold up very well against everybody but Tennessee. Um, and even Tennessee, they were put in bad situations by their offensive kicking game throughout throughout that contest. So Kentucky should be able to hold up here, you would think. And for me, uh, it's really the like this game's all about to the offense. Can the offense get rolling a little bit? over on Kentucky's side, um, because Kentucky should have their way keeping this Vanderbilt offense in check. And to me, Nick, there's not like a huge difference between Swan and Mike Wright. I think Swan's a better passer from the pocket, but Wright adds that dual threat ability. He can make plays with his legs. And so maybe they're a little bit more explosive with Wright in there, you know, but you're probably going to get them behind the chains a little bit more with him in there as well. So um, it's kind of a – they both have their, their strengths, but I don't think it's a huge difference either way. So, what could, you and I will be up in the
0: booth for the game. Uh, Drew, what are your plans for the Kentucky-Vanderbilt game this Saturday? Uh,
2: I will be on an airplane when it kicks off, uh, I'm leaving you all for my honeymoon. I will be mm-hmm. following that one as best as I can. I was hoping to get a night kick, so on the first night of my honeymoon, I could make Abby sit through a Kentucky-Vandy game. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought that would be a lot of fun, but uh, – the. This is our life, baby. Buckle in. <laughs> yeah, here, here's some roses we're, we're in triple overtime. But no, uh, the SEC had other plans, so I will not be a part of Saturday's festivities. I'm going to disappear for a week. However, I will be back, not missing any Georgia fun, so I'll be back in plenty of time for that one next week, but I, I won't be getting a lot of Vanderbilt.
0: What's more romantic than Kentucky versus Vanderbilt? Oh, if
2: if we had been the 7 o'clock SEC Network game with Tom, Jordan, Cole, there would have been a lot of uh, oh, a hotel bar uh, Saturday night. Her watching me watch us fight <laughs> out a 21-3 to win.
0: Gosh, I, I, that makes me so happy. This is Dave Neal is on the call, and I don't think you can draw up a better Dave Neal game than – Kentucky versus Vanderbilt at noon. They should kick it off at 1220 for old time's sake, right? Like, just let's run. We'll get, we'll get Buzz back on the call. Can yeah, I'm the, sure he'd love to do it.
3: And the I other would, day, Dave Archer, let's just get the days back for this one. <laughs>
2: I would love a vintage game if they could ever do that. I'm sure with the rights and graphics and stuff they could, not but bring back the sausage commercials. Let's just have a good old-fashioned Jefferson Pilot game sometime. What is Buzz Jefferson Baker staring Pollard? into
3: the sun
0: and her in the FCC game? It was Jefferson <laughs> Pilot sports, but was there like was there some guy named Jefferson like
2: running the show? Like what
0: what I don't even know what Jefferson Pilot is. Is it is it a plane? Was...
2: They it, was, it, it was my childhood is what it was, and I miss it. <laughs> so let's bring it back. I heard Matt the, uh,
0: Free g playing basketball for Vanderbilt
2: <laughs> those big the, baggy the, uniforms. The basketball game the other night where they pumped in Tom and Jack instead of uh, having announcers there. I heard there was some, some JP Sports vibes, and now, now the fans just want more. Give us a game.
0: Oh, man. I'm over here cackling. Uh, Meanwhile, Ethan, he chimes in. Uh, He is uh, a camera operator. I actually met him before the Northern Illinois game. He says, love the show. Congrats on the kid. Love the addition on the YouTube channel. Ethan, thanks for chiming in. And uh, shout out to you. You get back to work this weekend. Ethan is, I think, I want to say he's only like 20 years old, and he's operating cameras in the end zone uh, that will go through the feed at the stadium and through um, the SEC network. So if you want to get on TV and you're in the Nicholasville Road end zone, just holler at Ethan. He'll get you on TV. So, uh, big shout-out to Ethan. It's, it should be
3: – We're hoping I, for a – I just keep laughing at Drew sitting at a <laughs> – potentially sitting at a bar on his honeymoon first night watching
2: <laughs> – Laying on the bed, scrolling on my phone.
3: <laughs> oh, man, that's
2: the good stuff. Yeah, oh. the SEC robbed me of that dream.
0: Oh, and instead we'll just have to watch the – who are they playing in basketball Friday night? During the wedding reception. Duquesne. Uh,
2: I think that's an app only game, too. Maybe. Oh
0: God. The, the Dukes. Um. Yeah. Which, by the way, that'd be kind of cool if we did get the Tom Leach, Jeff Pakora broadcast for a football game. Maybe sprinkle in some some good old Panther Hawk Maggard. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I,
2: I'd pay. Yeah, I'm in. I'd pay a subscription service for that. <laughs> Cody brings up a
0: good point that missouri espn should hire ethan because the cameras were so bad That SEC oh network goodness. broadcast. oh who were first off who are those people they, they <laughs> those people did not exist before saturday they have never there's they, they were they called high school did they bring you like where, where do they come from
2: it was that at one point i think a cameraman fell down or dropped the camera or something <laughs> it just went flying uh we, we had we from when cam, cam. Yeah, we had random voices talking to us. Some people tweeted yeah. me telling me it was Dari back in the yeah. studio. I thought it was in my head there for a while, but it was it was all over the place.
3: I did enjoy the Dari hot mic uh, when I went back and watched the game. That was funny for about five minutes. It was just him talking to Doreen about the games they were watching.
4: <laughs> oh yeah.
3: man.
0: I'm, I'm feeling uh, am I'm Lucky since you were right
2: there. Now. Was the wind as bad? Because that's one of the things Dari said. He's like, I heard it's really windy there. Like, describe what it was actually like. Because it's hard to get a feel on the broadcast.
3: When we got out there, I mean, it was. When I got out and left the hotel, I mean, it was 20 to 30 mile wind gusts. And it got worse when you got by the stadium. And their stadium is open, right? Nick knows what I'm talking about. Like, it's not an enclosed like Kroger Field is. Like, you can see inside the stadium from the park. Like, you can watch the game from the parking lot. If you got a tower, you can just sit there and watch the game. Uh, so I, that, I think, had an had an impact. And it was, it was gusts. It wasn't like the whole time, but there would be like a 30 mile an hour wind gust that would come uh, in and out. So uh, yeah, it would, and it wasn't supposed to be, the weather wasn't supposed to be that. I think going into it, it was like 20 or it was like 60 degrees and light wind. And then you woke up that morning, it was 44 and it was 20, 30 mile an hour wind. So um, that was definitely a surprise. It was cold. And then I think second half the sun came out and the wind died down a little bit. So it wasn't as bad. But early in the game, it was the wind was a big factor in the game. Yeah, which yeah. led
4: Ruffalo missed the first one. That, that's a straight miss. But the second one was a forty seven yard into, into the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and See, it, it was right down the middle. It looked like it was going to be good. Did the wind kill that one? Yeah, I think
3: there? I think it just died. I think it just went into the wind and just died. Because um, it was a, it probably would have been good from forty four. It was forty seven, I think. But yeah, I think that one just it got caught up in the. I would assume it just got caught up in the wind. I hated yeah, that where, kick.
2: I said so many bad words in the in the presence of my future wife watching that game. Uh, I I wanted to go for it there. What was it like on the twenty seven? It was it was so it was a forty seven
0: yarder.
4: Forty seven, but it yeah, was okay
0: on third and seven. Like just play your third down. Like you have two downs to get the first down instead of trying to get it all at once. I didn't. I. Mark Stoops spent like five minutes defending Matt Ruffalo today in his press conference. It was kind of bizarre. Like, he went to great lengths to say, we got our guy. And it felt a little bit much. But you got to defend him. Like, you you have to take responsibility for saying, hey, I probably shouldn't have rolled him out there going into the win in that situation there. You need to tell Mark – you need to tell Rich Gangarello, like, hey, you got two downs here. Go go get it, Right run a little drag to your top, uh, or a quick little play pop over the top of your tight end. Dane Key, one-on-one, something in the intermediate. You don't have to get it all right away. Instead, they try to get right away. It's incomplete. And then he trotted out Ruffle out there for a no-win situation. So I, I I don't blame Kentucky fans for having anxiety every time Ruffle takes the field because, I mean, yeah, you just you, – you have to at this point, whether it's extra points – Field goals, like there's not a lot of built-in trust left with that kicking unit.
4: Well, if you make a personnel change at kicker, you're making a personnel change at holder. So that's that's two of the three uh, parts of that operation. So that's a tough deal. And and, and I was actually – when I saw the the kick, I saw it come off his foot and I saw the angle of the football coming right down the middle of the goalpost. I was actually reaching my phone and and was tweeting – I'm happy for Matt or that, at a boy, something like that. Yeah. I thought And that it was wind, good. That wind must have just crushed that kick. So uh, it was right into the teeth of the wind.
2: I'm, I'm like, Freddie, I was confused. I thought it was good. I think I looked away from the TV because it was nice and centered and it just didn't have the lift. Just died, yeah. Put him in a bad spot there. That's not on him.
0: One one other person that I know we haven't mentioned enough, I guess Ryan does enough for all of us, but I think he's freaking awesome at football. Glad to have that yeah. guy. Glad I called that guy. Uh, really bailed out Kentucky on some third down situations there. Yeah. Uh, scored it, in the end zone. That was a heck of a catch uh, to, for the go ahead game winning touchdown.
3: And got the drive started on that game winning drive, too. It was, a, I think it was a, like your typical RPO, Levis hit Dane over the middle of 19 yards and got him rolling there on that last drive. Just, yeah, he's just been outstanding all year. Um, seeing him finish that, ca- that catch, too, was, I think, you know, kind of growth as a player, like playing through physically at the top of the route and breaking a tackle and scoring a touchdown in a big spot. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to be a pretty good one here. He already is.
2: We laughed at Ryan in the preseason for his expectations that seemed outrageous, but we're pretty close to Dane having two game winning touchdowns in his first nine games ever. Um, he got robbed of SEC Player of the Week. Turns out, or Freshman of the Week. Turns out, if you catch the game-winning touchdown against Alabama, they give that to you instead. But I mean, Dane should already have a couple of those trophies and two game winners. If not for the one getting called back at Ole Miss, it's just been unbelievable to start. We couldn't have even scripted this. If we were trying to make write up some dream season for him.
0: He has 25 catches for 383 yards, five touchdowns in. Nine games and oh, let me see here with those yardage. He he's doing well for himself. He's doing well for himself. Uh, I the future is very bright for Denki in Lexington. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, his five touchdown catches are tied for fourth in the SEC. Right, pretty good, <laughs> pretty decent start uh, to a career. Uh, he he has been outstanding. Just would like to see the consistency a little bit more. We saw Rich Kangarilla. He was in the booth for the game. Maybe that was the uh, a key to a lot of Kentucky success, like it. But the offense, um, you know, we might have overacted a little bit to that Tennessee game. I would still would like to see a, a little more. Like, let's not be three or out or touchdown, right? Like it, it was three and out or touchdown. There wasn't a whole lot of in between to help that defense. Yeah, um, you really would have liked to
3: see for- them run the clock out there at the end, especially after the the break you got with Goodfellow. That was that they didn't get that first down was a little disheartening. And the first one, like you got six yards from Chris on that first on that drive, you get a second and four, and that you're not able to get four yards those next two plays was yeah. disappointing. So you would like to see them finish it kind of on a strong note. Uh, but yeah, Missouri's two touchdowns came right after Kentucky three and outs on offense. Uh, they needed avoid those better. Uh, that was that was big, especially after Missouri scored, they got momentum in the game. It's fourteen nine. Go out there and go three and out. That's just not what you need right there. And so there's there's some stuff they they still need to work on, um, but they finished opportunities and that to me that was a big part of the game. They got three red zone possessions and they finished each each time and they didn't turn the ball over in a game which was all was always going to be about which team made the biggest mistake. Uh, we thought it'd be the offense making the mistakes, not the special teams, but it, it ended up uh, Missouri made I think the the bigger mistakes in this game and that's why Kentucky was able to win. Kentucky uh, tried to make the biggest mistake. It they, gave it their, they gave it their best effort. They, uh, Missouri bailed them out on that on that <laughs> big one there for sure. But, again, great play by Colin Goodfellow. Just to have the presence of mind to look back to get that punt off because you're all, you're up four right there. You don't really want to give them two points with Mavis. So yeah. getting a punt off, even if they were going to get the ball at the 35, the Kentucky 35, it's no guarantee that that Missouri offense was going to score a touchdown on Kentucky's defense. But they would have needed a touchdown. And so it was just a great play, and then they get the rough call, and it allows Kentucky to win the game.
0: A big salute to Colin Goodfellow, too. A lot of people invaded his Venmo uh, and were donating money to him, and he's just like, well, I got this charity. We're I'll just put it all there. So he, he's working through efforts on how to make all that happen, uh, legally speaking. But um, shout-out to the Big Blue Nation for supporting him. Shout-out to him for thinking of others uh, when he could be the one wanting to – Jump in the, spot, uh, the spotlight, the limelight. This, this might be his swan song, but um, it, it was a heroic effort. And Kentucky would not be where – it wouldn't be here without it. So, a big shout-out to Colin Goodfellow. The Cats are now bowl eligible, seventh straight season, six and three entering this Vanderbilt game. Some other losses around the SEC, too, that Tampa and the Outback Bowl, it's, it's within reach. It's very it's, – it's there for the taking. Uh, you just got to go out there and take care of business. Um, we'll talk about those games as we get there, but we do need to get out of here and we do need to get a pregraduations to our boy Drew Franklin, who is tying the knot this weekend. Uh, are, are we are we nervous, Drew? Are we excited? It feels like this is uh, you've been working on this day for a long time.
2: Yeah, it's a long time coming. Not really nervous, just ready ready to do it, guys. Still have a lot to do on the on the. Um to-do list, so I'd say if anything, it might be getting a little stressful, but we'll get it done. That'll be an exciting night. So f- finally, after uh, the first one two and a half years ago was called off, we're getting it done.
0: I, uh, a little bit of wedding advice from me. Uh, know how to tie your ties before the day of the wedding. Uh, we got bow ties. Had no idea how to tie them until
2: I got a clip three on them. I got oh. the clip on, so I'm good.
4: Perfect. Perfect. Yep.
0: You can't tie it around your
2: head, though, at night, though. That's the only way. <laughs> It's, I'm not kidding. When I got first thing I thought of was like, it's, I can't, you know, do the thing. You know?
0: <laughs> oh, well, uh, y'all have a great week. We'll see most of you at Kroger field Saturday at noon, sec network. It's the Dave show. Um, big shout out to our friends at justice General and prospects for making the KSR football podcast happen. We'll be back next week at our normally scheduled time, 7 PM Monday night. Thanks for bearing with us through some scheduling conflicts. Um, But, hey, it's been a lot of fun chatting ball with all y'all today. For Freddie Maggard, Drew Frank Adam Luggett. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and uh, go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three
1: and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.